0: Where are you right now, Adelisa?
1: Right now, I am in the Walmart neighborhood market. I am just walking through the aisles. Um, There's not that many people in the store, so it's kind of dead now.
0: Where are you now?
1: I'm just in the chip aisle.
0: (laughs) Do you have a cart? I do. Adelisa Yuhich is in her early 20s. She's wearing uncomfortable-looking black high heels, a long sleeve shirt, black pants, and a skirt. That's slightly unusual, but not at all out of place. I know what she looks like because we met in person earlier in the day.
1: I changed my pants, so they're now gray.
0: Adelisa is eight months pregnant, but that's probably not the first thing shoppers at this Walmart will notice about her. I'm guessing most eyes here in Boise, Idaho, will be drawn to her head. To the white scarf with a cheerful design of flowers in two shades of pink. Adelisa is Muslim and wears a traditional headscarf, a hijab. She has fair skin and hazel eyes, with eyeshadow that matches the lighter shade of pink on her scarf. I asked her to describe how people react to her as she shops.
1: Everybody's keeping to themselves, really. Not much going on. (laughs) That guy just stared at me.
0: (laughs) I I hear uh, music very faintly in the background. What are they playing?
1: I think it's um, Backstreet Boys. I don't know.
2: Something old school.
1: Darn, I I don't see the cake that my husband really likes. He is very picky. Just now, (laughs) a lady just stared at me.
0: Adelisa paid close attention to people's reactions for about 15 minutes, then we started talking about other things. In that time, she noted two people staring and a look that was hard to interpret.
1: It was just like a glance and then a look away.
0: She says she's not sure if that person was actively trying not to look at her or if it was just a coincidence. But one thing I'll say is certain, from talking to Adelisa and other women, to wear a hijab in Idaho is to stand out all the time. I'm Adam Cotterell, and this is Some of the Parts, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. Only about 1% of Idaho's population is Muslim, around 16,000 people. Let's assume roughly half are women. And about half of American Muslim women don't cover their heads at all. So there are only maybe 4,000 people in Idaho who might wear a hijab. Oh, and I forgot to subtract children. So let's just say there are not many. Most are in Boise or Twin Falls, where a lot of refugees get placed. Adelisa's family fled the war in Bosnia in the 90s and were sent to Twin Falls when she was two. Later, they moved to Boise, where she spent most of her school years. Turns out we went to the same high school, though not at the same time. I graduated the year she was born. I'm so glad she agreed to talk to me because I have been so curious for such a long time. Whenever I see a woman in Boise wearing a hijab, whether she's walking down the street or in the grocery store, which is the place that happens most often, I wonder what her experience is like. Do people stare? Do they do the opposite and actively avoid looking? When we spoke in person, Adelisa said yes and yes.
1: Yeah, you get stares. You get used to it. It's weird. My husband notices the stares more than I do.
0: Like this time they went into a national sandwich chain. You know the one. So they walk in.
1: Everyone stops eating and just stares at us. And my husband's like, why are they looking at us? And I'm like, they're not looking at us, they're looking at me.
0: Adelisa says more common than stares is the active avoidance. Someone does a quick glance and then turns their head in the opposite direction and never looks back. She likes to assume that a lot of that is just coincidence. Someone happened to look in her direction and happened to look at something else. But sometimes it's obvious that instead of looking at something, a person's intention is to not look at something. Adelisa also chooses to believe that most of the active not-lookers bear her no ill will. And, you know, I think I've done this. I'll be in the store, and I see a woman in a hijab, and all my usual questions start going through my head. Then I'll think, you're staring. Don't stare. And I turn away. Then I think, that's bad, too. You're obviously looking away. Just act normally. Then I smile. And I think, that's not acting normally. You hardly ever smile at strangers. So I unsmile. Then I say, you're scowling. That's worse than staring. Neutral face, neutral face. And this internal dialogue goes on from there. All the while, the woman is probably thinking... Wow, you see some strange people in the grocery store. Adelisa also likes to think that stares don't necessarily mean hostility. It could just be curiosity, even admiration.
1: I know when I was a kid, and when I was looking at those women, I was like, wow, they're so pretty. You know, and I I stare at them all the time. (laughs) And uh, it's like, I want to wear that one day.
0: But she says sometimes it's clear when a stare is not benign.
1: Sometimes I can feel their uncomfort. If I'm just like super close or something like that, they get very uncomfortable, and I I start feeling uncomfortable. Once I was at Walmart and someone was staring like really, really long at me, he was a lot older man, and he was just shaking his head with like this, like no, you know, like no, you cannot be here. He didn't say that, but that's what his head movements were saying. You know what I mean? He goes left to right, just staring at me. Uh, that kind of scared me.
0: And sometimes things go beyond staring. Adelisa used to work at that store where we had our phone conversation. One day, she was at the register, and a customer came up to her, just a few feet away.
1: And it was this older woman. She's like, you go back to Iraq. I had a full line of people at my register. So um, I just I looked at her and she's like, Yeah, you you go back to Iraq and I'm like I, I had a customer, I was like, I'm not even from Iraq, but okay. That's that was my comment. And I was like, Oh, that was embarrassing. My customer that was right in front of me at the moment, she was like, Wow, I hope you have a better day, you know, and she walked out. Then the next customer, he was like, wow, I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, it's okay."
0: She tried to play it cool, but she says she was physically shaking. Adelisa says the woman who told her to go back to Iraq then went to the manager and said if they didn't get rid of Adelisa, she would never shop there again. She says her manager stood up for her. So going into this, I figured women in hijabs in Boise would get a lot of stares and people actively not looking at them. I'm not at all surprised there is anti-Muslim prejudice here. And while I had certainly heard of incidents where people verbally or physically accost Muslims, I figured incidents like the one Adelisa described would be rare. I was raised in Boise, and it always seemed to me that a widespread cultural norm was, I don't know how to describe it, keeping your mouth shut, maybe? I mean, you can hate someone, but you don't tell them. But another woman I spoke with says that kind of thing happens to her a lot.
2: My name is Zinab, so Z-I-N-A-B. But
0: she goes by Zuzu.
2: Z-U-Z-U.
0: Like Adelisa, Zuzu is in her early 20s. Unlike Adelisa, Zuzu actually is from Iraq. She says her father worked for the American military during the war, which made him the target of militants. She has some truly frightening stories of their life before they were able to get out of the country. Her family was eventually sent to Boise as refugees when Zuzu was 16. Before we get to her unpleasant stories about being hassled in Boise for wearing a hijab, there's another bit of unpleasantness to get out of the way. For some reason, I felt compelled to tell her that every time I hear her name, I think of this scene from the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Zuzu's petals! Zuzu! There they are! Bird! What are you know? Apparently, I'm not the first to mention this. The bus
2: driver told me about it. Oh, okay. When he asked me about my name, I told him Zuzu, and he told me, did you saw that movie?
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main character in the movie, he has, a, at the end of the movie, has a daughter named Zuzu. And...
2: Uh, I thought the flower called Zuzu. Yeah, n-
0: well, no, he his daughter is named Zuzu, and she gives him, like, a handful of flower petals, and he puts it in his pocket. So, yeah. I describe the plot of a 70-something-year-old Christmas movie to a 20-something-year-old Muslim woman. An angel makes it so he was never born in detail. And so he, like, reaches into his pocket, and his daughter's flower petals aren't there. I'm not proud of it. And then at the end of the movie, it's all changed back, and, you know, it's the same way it was before. And he puts his hand into his pocket, and he pulls it out, and he goes, Zuzu's petals! Zuzu's <laughs> petals! So whenever I hear the name Zuzu, I always think, Zuzu's petals! Zuzu's petals! Aww. In that movie. Okay. <laughs> Zuzu kindly indulges my nonsense. Maybe it helps that we both have daughters about the same age. Almost two. Anyway, Zuzu started wearing a hijab all the time as soon as she got here. She says she hadn't decided if she would or not back in Iraq. In high school here, she didn't encounter much prejudice. There were a lot of girls in her school who wore hijab, and she didn't go out by herself much. But then she graduated and got married, and was out in Boise on her own a lot. And it started.
2: I walk in the street, many people like tell me to go back to my country and people tell me to take off my hijab and people, they think I'm a terrorist and yelling at me or I'm walking the street and someone driving just yelling like a terrorist or something, you know, so that's like something normal. I don't know why it always happened to me. Maybe never happened to any other girls. I don't know why I'm always magnetic with people mean. (laughs)
0: it's not only Zuzu or Adelisa. Another woman told me about being in a clothes store and hearing a man tell a little boy something along the lines of, son, that's what a terrorist looks like. After talking to a handful of women about this, I would now not be surprised if most women who wear a hijab in Boise have been harassed in public. But like Adelisa, Zuzu says the most common reaction to her in a hijab is active looking away. And she thinks the majority of people who do that are shy or trying too hard to be polite, not hostile. And occasionally, she says, strangers in public are the opposite of hostile.
2: Some people, when I walk in the city, they tell me that the hijab I'm wearing is really beautiful color. Or just strange people, they just stop in the street and tell me that we are with you and you look pretty and keep going.
0: But Zuzu's worst experience in Boise was at a grocery store. The same one where I most often see women in hijabs. Winco near Broadway in front.
2: I went with my husband to just shop. I was pregnant three months in that time.
0: They were in the produce section when a man confronted her.
2: He just show up from nowhere and then he like start yelling at me and tell me to take off my hijab and then I should not be here and tell me this is freedom country and tell me go back to your country and he think that women they make them wear the hijab, and I should take off my hijab in America because, like, here is free, but that's why I'm wearing hijab, because I want to. He could get really close to me that I kind of, like, run to my husband. I was really afraid.
0: Zuzu, who is tiny, by the way, well shy of five feet tall, hides behind her husband. The man continues yelling and gets up chest to chest and nose to nose with her husband. Luckily, store security showed up and escorted the man outside.
2: He tells, like... Do you want to come outside? I'm waiting for you guys outside, you know. And then the security called the cops, and then he just ran away.
0: This incident terrified Zuzu.
2: I am not scared about myself, but I'm scared about my baby. Um, my baby is just my life, you know, so that's why I'm wearing hats.
0: The Winco incident was a major factor in her decision after her baby was born to stop wearing traditional-looking headscarves and start wearing hats. When I meet her, she's wearing a blue knit ski cap with a Boise State logo and a big bobble thing on top. She's a BSU student now, and she would totally blend in on campus, or anywhere else in Boise for that matter.
2: I have black eyes and, like, dark skin, so they know, like, I'm from a different country, but they don't know where I am from exactly. When people look at me wearing a hat, they think I'm Mexican, feeling cold. That's, like, more safer.
0: (laughs) She laughs at that, but she's serious. People often assume she's Mexican, even after they've heard her talk. And an Afghan woman I spoke to recently in Boise who doesn't cover her head told me people usually think she's Mexican. She says she's gotten Italian and Greek as well, but no one here ever guesses anywhere further east than that. If I saw Zuzu on the street in one of her hats, I would not think Muslim. I would think hipster. And this is where my prejudices come out. When I see young people wearing ski hats when it's hot or shorts when it's cold, I become the old guy who stared at Adelisa in Walmart, shaking my head side to side and saying no, no with my eyes. Pfft, young people. Zuzu says she does get some reaction for wearing warm hats out of season.
2: Okay, so, <laughs> so people kind of... Sometimes look at me, as weird. Like, even sometimes people tell me, oh, are you feeling cold, honey? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like really hot outside. But I will probably, people think that I'm a stupid better than people think I'm a terrorist.
0: <laughs> I don't know why, but when she said that, it struck me as so funny, I laughed for more than 30 seconds. i measured it on my recording. Zuzu says her life is completely different when she wears a hat, not a hijab.
2: It's because I can really feel free. I can really walk on the green belt by myself. When I wear a hat, it's more safe. Um, it makes me feel like I'm a normal person. <laughs> but when I wear hijab, it's normal for me, but it's not normal for other people.
0: She still sometimes wears a hijab.
2: When I was in the street, and I'm wearing a hat. Like even when I go on the bus, when I go anywhere, people like just say hi, you know. But when I wear hijab and I go in these places, it's kind of different. For people, how they sit next to me or how they talk to me, everything is different.
0: (laughs) Zuzu says she's been in restaurants and stores in a hat and a hijab just a few days apart, and the same people were rude to her on one visit and polite the other. I'll let you guess which head covering goes with which reaction. But Zuzu feels guilty about not wearing a traditional headscarf.
2: I just like I was wearing a hat a little bit just to... To relax, you know, just to give myself a time that nobody's going to yell at me. I just want, like, time to relax and nobody bother me, you know. And then when I'm ready, I will probably wear it again.
0: Her guilty feeling is not exactly religious. She says no one really knows what God wants, but if he does care whether women cover their hair or not, a hat does the job just as well. She feels bad because she chose to wear the hijab in the first place to show the world she was Muslim. When she came here, Zuzu says she saw the anti-Muslim sentiment in the U.S. and wanted to do something about it. She thought the best thing she could do was to sort of advertise her religion, to help people get comfortable around Muslims and see them as normal people, wear her religion on her sleeve figuratively by wearing it on her head literally. But now she's not doing it. For Adelisa Yuhich, wearing a hijab is also a public statement.
1: I don't want to blend in. I want people to know that I'm Muslim. I want to represent my faith.
0: And with her fair skin, light eyes, and raised-in-Idaho speech, she could blend in perfectly with Idaho's supermajority white population if she chose. But unlike Zuzu, for Adelisa, the hijab is mostly about religious devotion. And I have to say, I find her journey to it fascinating. Maybe because it's the opposite of my own life. I was raised in a devout Mormon home and, in my 20s, transitioned to a secular worldview. But Adelisa says her childhood was mostly secular.
1: Faith wasn't, I guess, a daily thing in my household. We didn't pray. Only when, like, you know, big holidays came, like Ramadan and all that, we would fast, and then that's it, really. Uh, We were kind of just seasonal.
0: You've heard of Christmas Catholics? I guess Adelisa's family are Ramadan Muslims. But she was maybe always more interested in religion than the rest of her family, like when she started kindergarten.
1: I remember my dad saying to me, when you go to school, don't tell anybody that you're a Muslim. I'm like, okay. And I went to school and I told everybody that I was a Muslim.
0: (laughs) In high school, Adelisa started to get more into religion. She wanted a faith-centered life. And by senior year, wearing a hijab had become, for her, the ultimate symbol of that.
1: I started YouTubing, like, how to put it on and how to feel comfortable in it and stuff.
0: No one in her family wears one. And she says no one in her family wanted her to wear one either.
1: And I was like, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, wearing a hijab. And my mom was like, um, maybe you should wait until you get married. <laughs> like... No, um, I don't know, because then I might attract a different type of guy. And then she's like, just wait until you finish school. Wait until you find a good job. And I'm like, but, you know, I want a company to hire me for who I am.
0: Adelisa says starting to wear the hijab was not an easy decision.
1: I was having so many doubts. I was like, how am I going to go to prom?
0: But she decided to do it anyway. And before wearing one to school the first time, she wrote an email telling all her teachers she would look a little different from now on.
1: I don't know why I did that. I I didn't feel like I needed their approval. But in a way, I wanted them to know that, you know, this is the person that I was.
0: She did have a request for one of her favorite teachers, though.
1: She loves to talk about students and her students and brag about them if they're succeeding and everything and i I told her just um don't talk about me today please
0: (laughs) Adelisa says the faculty and staff at her high school were very supportive of her decision but the students had a harder time getting used to it she says no one ever did anything mean or unsupportive but things suddenly became awkward
1: they looked at me, stared at me, they are like, well when did you convert? Why did you convert? Who did you meet? You know? It's like, did you get married? Does she have cancer? <laughs> does, does she have hair? <laughs> like, what happened?
0: This is a big difference between Zuzu and Adelisa. Zuzu says she loves questions. She says she would be happy if strangers came up to her on the street and asked her anything they want to know about Islam, even personal stuff but Adelisa found the questions from fellow students a little uncomfortable. Though she says it was much better when they came out and asked a question than if they obviously had one but didn't ask. She says she had a lot of annoying conversations with friends where they would circle around a topic, tiptoe up to a question and then retreat, or hint at things but never come out and say what they were thinking. And Adelisa says she lost friends when she put on the hijab.
1: I would get, you know, like, guy friends, oh, side hug, you know. It's like now they're like, no side hug. There's this, there's this barrier, and I feel like hijab, like, really gave me that barrier.
0: When she told me that, I was not sure from her voice if she was sad about it or not. I think many, maybe most, maybe not, but at least a lot of teenage girls would be really sad if suddenly guys at their school would no longer hug them or ask them out. But Adelisa says she had come to think it was inappropriate for any men outside her immediate family, or when she got married, her husband, to touch her.
1: I felt good. (laughs) I felt like this is such a great feeling. I don't have to reject someone. (laughs) You know, I I felt like hijab spoke for me instead of me actually having to do it.
0: But she was sad about how it changed her relationships with her female friends.
1: I lost a really good friend. She was super amazing. We were we were so close, and we just had the same attitude and everything. And we would always joke about the same things, because um, I, I like I like to joke around and you know have fun. But um, I think she just felt like she just felt like she wasn't able to do that anymore. Like like I wasn't allowed to. That was hard.
0: Adelisa says she was very sad to lose that friendship, but says with hindsight maybe it was for the best. She says her friend was a good person, but would not have helped her on her spiritual journey. She is still really bothered that her family doesn't support her decision.
1: If I were ever to have an issue or a problem, they'll just say, we told you so. It's because of your hijab.
0: She says a lot of the problems her parents attribute to her wearing a hijab have nothing to do with it. She says she used to work at a restaurant where the manager treated her badly. But she says it had nothing to do with her religion because the manager treated everyone who worked there badly. But she could not convince her parents of that.
1: They feel like it's a burden for me. They feel like they don't see successful Muslims at all in the U.S. You can't be successful and be faithful and religious and all that stuff because you're Muslim. You can't. You just can't do that. But there's many doctors. There's many teachers, there's law enforcement, there's so many people that are Muslim, practice their faith.
0: Adelisa says most of the time, if someone is rude to her, she thinks it's not because she wears a hijab and they're anti-Muslim.
1: They're just jerks.
0: I don't know why, but I find it strangely comforting to think that Boise is full of jerks who are rude to everyone rather than full of bigots. I don't know if it's true, but it makes me want someone to write a new verse to the song Imagine, about a world full of equal opportunity jerks. My dreams have gotten small in recent years. Anyway, Adelisa doesn't think wearing a hijab has been a burden to her, or changed her life all that much.
1: Because I I haven't missed any opportunities. I have a job. I've been employed. I've gotten interviews. I mean, it just, it would be the same, I think. I don't think there would be any difference.
0: These days, Adelisa works for a cleaning company and cleans a few different businesses, including, and this was amusing to me, a Christian school.
1: When I first started, it was kind of funny. Like, all all the staff and teachers, they were like, can we help you? You know, like, they're like, what are you doing here? (laughs) They treat me very well. The staff, everybody, they're just amazing. And I work after hours, so it's not like I'm teaching kids or something. I'm just cleaning.
0: She's glad she's there after hours because the couple of times she was in the building when parents were there, well, it was some of the most intense staring she's gotten in all the time she's been wearing a hijab. But Zuzu, on the other hand, says she has missed opportunities because she wore a hijab, like when she applied to a place in the food court at the Boise Town Square Mall.
2: And then when I went in there and I have interview with the owner and she told me that I cannot wear hijab, and I was not happy because I really needed a job in that time. And then I just like, so I would wear the hijab, that color you need or you want, wherever. And then she didn't want me at all. have to take it off.
0: But if you're working in food service, you have to cover your head anyway. You have to wear something over your hair if you're working with yeah. food.
2: Yeah, the people they work in there, they wear kind of like a big hat, like a white thing. And then I told her I would wear like a white hijab or I can wear the hijab and put the hat on top of it. And then she didn't let me have the job at all.
0: And she was pretty open about that. She said, I won't give you this job because you wear that.
2: Yeah, she told me I'm not going to give you the job because you're wearing hijab.
0: Zuzu says she's having a very hard time picking a major at college because she thinks a lot of career paths might be closed to a woman in a hijab. The thing she most wants to be is a police officer.
2: I don't think it's a, like a good idea to be like a police woman. She came from Iraq, she wore a hijab. I feel people they will not trust me like the police you know.
0: Maybe having a a police officer in Boise who wears a hijab might make other women who wear a hijab more comfortable and more, you know, more trusting of the the police in general.
2: Okay, so you're right. I can probably be a policewoman, and I can be amazing. I can be helping people. But we're not sure if the police, they will hire me. (laughs) Do you get it? I don't want to study for four years in college, and then I cannot get the job I want because I'm wearing hijab. And like I said, maybe that people hire people. It seems like the lady in the mall. She would not hire me. What do you want me to do after when I finish four years if nobody hire me?
0: We talked for an hour that day, and that was the only time I sensed any anger from Zuzu. And I don't know if it was the thought of being discriminated against or my mansplaining about why she should become a police officer. All right, I know there are certain people who have been cringing and wincing through this whole episode. I'm talking about the people, and there are a lot of you, who care a great deal about Boise's image. I can practically hear you grinding your teeth every time Zuzu or Adelisa says something about people in Boise acting like complete jerks to them. You're worried that people will get the impression that Boise is intolerant or unwelcoming or unfriendly or any number of other unwords. Well, I don't think it's un-anything like that any more than anywhere else in the country. And I think it's probably more tolerant and more welcoming than a lot of places. You can't drive anywhere in Boise without spending some time idling behind a mid-sized SUV with a pro-refugee bumper sticker. And on the working class, and as far as I've seen, entirely white block where I live, there are currently five houses with yard signs that say in English, Spanish, and Arabic, quote, we don't care where you are from, we're glad you're our neighbor. Five of those signs. It's not a big block. Adelisa says since she hasn't worn a hijab anywhere else in the U.S., she can't really compare. But her guess is that it's better to wear one in Boise than in a lot of other cities.
1: All in all, my experience here was great compared to the horrific stories I've been reading online um, after Trump's presidency and everything.
0: She says she thinks that the people who are actually hostile to Muslims or to women wearing hijabs are a very small minority here. But she also thinks the number of people who are completely comfortable with the idea of living near Muslims is small as well. She feels that the mindset of the vast majority of Boiseans towards her is something like, hey, girl in the headscarf, we've got no problems with you. You go about your business and we'll go about ours, but we've got an eye on you. If anything bad happens, we're coming to you first. It's kind of an eternal probation. As for Zuzu, she says she'll go back to wearing a hijab soon.
2: I have to fix this problem when people think that hijab is not right. If we never fix it, then we'll be like that. For my daughter, for other family's daughter, they're always gonna feel not safe. Every Muslim, they're not gonna feel safe. So I have to fix this. How I'm gonna fix it is by wearing the hijab and be outside to show people.
0: And she says she wants to change how she reacts when people harass her.
2: I was like always trying to be nice, you know, and quiet and never say anything. But I think next time I should stand up and like answer back. I mean, like not trying to be mean, but I'll probably tell them, ask me question if you have something in your mind. Just ask me as a question. I would be really happy to answer that, you know, not just trying to tell me to go back to my country. And it's not your business.
0: Thank you, Zuzu. That's the phrase I was searching for earlier. The Idaho value I was raised with is minding your own business. That's why I was surprised that it's seemingly so common for people on the street here to tell women in hijabs to go back to their country. I'm not surprised they think it. I'm surprised they say it because Idahoans mind their own business. That's not always a good thing. The kids in the house down the street are being abused? Not our business. But for much of life, I think it's a good rule. That's deeply ironic coming from me, since this podcast, and specifically this episode, are all about elbowing my way into things that aren't my business. But I'm going to start doing it now. I was planning to tell you all about my own mixed feelings about women wearing hijab, about being torn between wanting to respect women's choices and a deep discomfort when any religion has different standards for men and women. I was going to get into the debates within Islam and within feminism about hijabs. I was going to talk about why women choose to cover or not cover their heads, about social pressure, cultural norms, religious piety, and self-expression. But you know what? What women choose to wear or not wear is not my business. So... I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm Adam Cotterell, and this is Some of the Parts, a podcast from Boise State Public Radio. I write it and produce it. Paul Stribling oversees it. Lacey Daly sneaks into your home in the middle of the night and puts a tiny cassette tape into your phone for each episode. I think that's how it works anyway. Our theme song is by Up Is The Down Is The which I'm told is a really amazing Boise music project, whatever that means. Who am I to say anything? I'm a podcaster. That's not a real job. Logo design by Julia Green Illustration. A big thank you to Olivia Johnson with the Idaho Office for Refugees. If you ever get a chance to attend an event featuring their Refugee Speakers Bureau, take it. They're great. It was at one of those I first encountered Zuzu. And thanks to Yasmin Aguilar for giving me a bunch of her valuable time and a lot of valuable insight and also to the Boise Public Library for letting me use some of the space at their beautiful Cole and Eustick branch. You know, when I first told Adelisa Uhich I had a podcast, she correctly guessed that that had changed how people react to me.
1: Now they're like, no side hug. There's There's this barrier.
0: This is Some of the Parts.